Hi, it's Michelle. Thank you for joining me for this segment of the Holy Spirit You Channel podcast. Choose ye this day, the true meaning of Joshua 24:14. Choose ye this day, the true meaning of Joshua 24:14. I'm going to start by reading this to you. Joshua 24. I'm going to start at verse 14. Uh, and read at least to 15 and possibly uh, a little bit more. But I'm starting in the King James Version. Now, therefore, now, what is happening? Let me give a little bit of context here. Joshua is about to transition out of the earth. His life on earth is done. His mission, what he was put here to do, has been fulfilled. So from the time the mantle fell, fell to him and he was, Uh, shown by God to be the person Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, Joshua took them in to the promised land. And now uh, Joshua himself is transitioning out of the earth. Um, And he is recounting, he has recounted the history of what has taken place since um, the exodus out of Israel and up to this point. So in Joshua 24:14, he says, Now therefore, after getting, giving this recollection, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. If we could nail down those two words as a contemporary body of Christ, a contemporary church, we would be a lot better for it. Sincerity and truth. Truth is not relative. Truth has a standard. And The standard is Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he says, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. So there's a couple of things going on where he's acknowledging first by historical fact that Abraham was pulled out of a situation where his own father and his relatives served other gods. And you, if you go to Joshua 24:2, a few verses up, you'll see that. And he says, and I took Abraham from the other side of your father from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all of Canaan and multiplied his seed. And so he talks about the gods that were served. He talks about the exploits that were done by God. Um, for the children of Israel on their behalf in his name uh, to prove to them and to others that he was God. And he says, now therefore fear the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the same God that has done all of these things for us, and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Mind you, In the King James, Lord is all caps, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Put away the gods, little g, little o, little d, little s, to indicate authority. There's never anything here that says there aren't any gods, other gods, but they're all little g, little o, little d, little s, compared to the king of kings, the lord of lords, the god of gods. He says, put those away and serve ye the Lord. Then he says something very interesting. 
Because we like to quote the part, but as for me and my house, we skip all whole verses just because there's something catchy and something we like to repeat and memorize without understanding the full context and the full responsibility that comes to us when we say these things. So we like the part at the end of Joshua 24:15 that says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, Joshua is making a distinction because while in verse 14 he has said, he starts with saying, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him. He says, put away the other gods and serve ye the Lord. So he starts, fear ye the Lord, and ends in verse 14, serve ye the Lord. Then he says, starting in Joshua 24:15, the first sentence of the verse, he says, and if that seems evil to you, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, then choose ye this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood. So he's giving three choices here. And this is important. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. So he's saying you can serve the past gods, the gods on the other side of the flood. You can serve the gods of the land you currently live in. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the God that delivered us out of Egypt, the God that had our back the whole way through the wilderness, the God that brought us into the promised land, the God that made covenant with us. He's given historical context, and then he's saying, nobody ever said there weren't other gods. But before I leave here, I am giving you the commandment once again that there's only one God you should be serving. And just to be clear, you can go ahead and serve the gods that your father served on the other side of the, of, of, the, of the flood. Or you can serve the gods in this land. At the time, they were living in the land of the Amorites. So he says, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. Then he makes the distinction, the third choice. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, of course, the children of Israel, hypocrites that they were slash we are, Oh, no, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. Of course, of course, we do that all the time. Before we even even can get it out of our mouths, we have forsaken him. What he's saying, here's the point that I want to make. You have three choices, and you can only choose one, but you have to choose. You can choose the gods of the past. You can choose the gods in the land that you dwell in. You can choose the gods that your ancestors served. God's little g, little o, little d, little s. You can even choose the little g gods in the land that you currently dwell in. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the ever, everlasting, eternal, living, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God. We're going to serve the Lord. Here's what I want to say to you today. You still have to choose. If it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord, you still have to choose. 
there is still a choice to be made. And the Lord is calling on you to make that choice. He doesn't demand it. He commands it. He doesn't coerce. He could. But he created us with the capacity to choose. He even says in his word, the Lord says, I'm the one that puts before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. He says, I'm the one that's doing that. I'm letting you see both. Because I need to tune your faculties into life, and I need to tune your faculties into death. And when I'm doing that, I want you to see the difference so that you can choose life. He doesn't have to do that. We think that just because we walk around saying, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that that's actually what's happening. But oftentimes, all we're doing is paying lip service to that. The Lord says, no, you still have to choose. He says it through Joshua. He's saying it again today. Here's what I'm, Joshua is saying. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Based on everything that I've just told you historically, and if you want to know everything that he points out to the children of Israel at the time, how much more than for us today even, then just read Joshua 24. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. He is the standard of truth. So don't think that you can bring your truth and put it up against his and it's okay. It's not. I am the way, the truth, and the life, saith the Lord. So he is the standard for truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Then 15, and I love it because this is, these are the kinds of choices that God gives us. And if it seem evil for whatever reason for you to serve the Lord, you still have to choose. You still have to say, well, I'm not going to serve you, Lord, God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things. I'm going to serve the gods of my ancestors, or I'm going to serve the gods of the land that, in which I dwell. He's making very distinct statements in each of these. One, he's made it clear that he is the God that has brought us thus far. Two, he's saying not making a choice is not an option. But he's also saying, I'm going to honor your choice. You should choose me based on all that I have done for you and demonstrated to you and what I have for you in and through my son Jesus Christ by the power of Holy Spirit, but you still have to choose. And there's no way you're going to get around that. Not only that, but you're not going to take my name in vain. We can't serve all three. So we still have to choose. Many will say, the word of the Lord says, many will say in that day, didn't we do, didn't we do, didn't we do? And he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. You still have to choose. And he's not doing it based on what we do or what we say. He's doing it based on what we believe and who we believe, which gods we serve, whether it's the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the God of gods, the eternal God, the God Almighty, or whether we have made a choice to serve some other gods. 
And he acknowledges all three and gives us the opportunity to choose. He says, but you have to choose one. And no matter where you sit, you have chosen one, even if you don't actually articulate it. Because one thing's for sure, your behavior, how you treat me, how you treat other people, how you treat those you can see, how you speak to them, how you think about them, will manifest based on what you believe, which God you serve. So everybody's made a choice, even if that choice hasn't been clearly articulated. So I want to challenge you today, challenge you, challenge us to read Joshua 24. The people go on in in the later verses after verse uh, 14 and 15. And they recount everything that Joshua started out saying earlier in the chapter. They They go through and tell him all the reasons why they're going to serve the Lord. You need to read it. And he says, you witness against yourself this day the degree to which you betray him and, and, and turn against him. Aren't we still doing that today? We bear witness against our own selves because we say we're Christian. We say we believe. We say we love. We say we know God is God. But our behaviors, what we really believe, is expressed through our speech and our behavior and how we treat others. How can you hate your brother or sister and love me and and say you love me? We miss the whole point. We don't even understand how all of those things connect. We look at the Bible as a series of events or sentences, but it's really all connected. When he said the first and the greatest commandment is for me, and for you to love, all our, love the Lord our God, this Lord, the same one that Joshua is talking about in Joshua 24, with all our heart and soul and strength, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He's saying how you see me, how you receive love from me, and if you love me back, is going to be directly expressed in how you treat people. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, you think about who you are relative to me and therefore who other people are relative to me. Christ died for all. That means we should be loving and praying for all. Just as we want mercy, other people want mercy. Just as we want grace, other people want grace. Now, I want to be very clear because that doesn't mean people just get to do whatever they want to do. We don't get to do that. God holds us accountable. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. If there were no accountability, if he weren't going to have some sort of discipline or consequence, then he wouldn't say that. Obedience is not necessary if there's no consequence. But love is necessary. We like to talk about praying for leaders and all in authority. Well, the first part of that scripture says pray for all men or all humans. Then for leaders and all in authority. I just need us to read the whole Bible, and I need us to understand that God is not a fool. He's not stupid. There's a reason that everything is in the way it is, in there the way that it is. It's written in the manner he intended. 
whether you think it's infallible or not, that is not even the issue. We don't even know what that means. We have no concept of what that means because we are fallible. So the fallible cannot conceive of the infallible. It's impossible. What he says to us is, if it seem evil to you to serve me, you still got to choose. And even if you don't choose, you're going to be serving the gods of your ancestors or you're going to be serving the gods of the land that you live in. That is a principle. He's not asking a question. He's saying this is what's going to happen. You still have to choose. And whether we articulate it, as I said before, we don't have to articulate it. The choice is being made or has been made. So what I challenge us to do is to reevaluate our choice, is to make sure our choice is really what we've chosen, is to make sure that everything in our lives is lining up with Christ being Savior and Lord, or we need to keep his name out of our mouths. My name is Michelle. Thank you for joining me for this segment of the Holy Spirit You channel podcast. We need to repent. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.